from the ESPN 690 and Ajari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Can't make this stuff up, people. Here we go. It's a soap opera in Jacksonville, and it's another day. Urban Meyer mired in a mess, mired in misery. And will it end? When will it end? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's the discussion, and I think there's a lot of hope. Uh, but I don't think the reality is it will end any time over the next month, and then we'll see. Uh, how bad it gets. Houston upcoming, the Jets upcoming, a uh, loss against the Patriots and a loss against the Colts uh, is sure to happen. Uh, these next two weeks, though, could um, really, really hit a rock bottom that people didn't even think existed on earth um, here in Jacksonville. Brent Martin, along with Austin Lane and Casey Kurtz, it's a Monday Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Listen, I've seen enough around here, Austin, to say uh, I never, like, I can't believe it's getting even worse uh, listen when you when you lose football games for the Jags to look the way they looked I don't think I'm that surprised anymore I, they can't figure it out um, but Urban Meyer himself continues to be a mystery to me and how it's gotten this bad you can like the guy you cannot like the guy in fact most people don't like the guy uh, but you can't deny what he's accomplished in his football career and to be this aloof and this bad and this enable to fix offense to inspire men to coach football and to have the knowledge of what's going on on the field while you're on the sideline it's mind-boggling man i didn't think we'd get here uh, again people like Meyer, they don't like him he's polarizing we knew that but to see where we're at where these stumbling and bumbling news conferences and the product on the field to match it's 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 unbelievable oh yeah all I had to watch was his press conference yesterday after the game um, to know I'm, it's done. There's, it's, it's done. Um, the way he responded to a question, which we can obviously break down, um, that's all I had to hear. I mean, yes, the performance on the field, obviously it was what it was. One of the worst offensive performances, I think, in Jaguars history. At least it felt like it. Um, but the way that he handled himself in the press conference and the way that he answered the questions, that's all I had to see to know that he has checked out. Um, I don't think he's going to be here for an extended period of time, and I think there is definitely a large disconnect in the locker room, and whatever he's saying, he's not even buying it himself. Listen, I have been a guy, Austin, that has sat here and died on hills, man, and I've been hammered for it over the last 10, 12 years. And some people see it before I do. I don't like to root for people to fail. I think in our world, in our social media world especially, and that doesn't mean it's everybody, but in that kind of world, people like to root against. Um, and, and I don't have a, an affinity or even a relationship with Urban Meyer. But I think it's sad what we're seeing right now. I mean, I, I, in a weird way, I almost feel bad. For, this guy's lost. I mean, this guy is lonely and lost to have accomplished what he accomplished and now this. But what I really feel bad for is, is everybody else, uh, you know, everybody in that locker room and, and some of the coaches and really the people in the building. You know, we've been around it long enough to know. I mean, this is a tough thing to watch unfold each and every day, each and every week. And it's not just a week thing. It's a daily thing. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch it unfold in this way. And so I've died on hills, man. I, I, thought, they sh I thought Gus Bradley should have come back for a fourth year. I thought they put him in such a tough spot early on that I, I thought he had earned that. Uh, I thought Blake Bortles might be able to work out. Um, you know, all this stuff. 
I'm off this, man. I'm off this. This is uh, I've I've either learned and got a little wiser, or I'm just seeing it and know enough to know that this ain't gonna work. Like this is not going to work. And there's too much at stake with that young man at quarterback and some of these young players that you drafted and brought in that you can't put them in this mess. Uh, toxicity isn't even like the strongest of words you could use. You have got to. Shot Khan has got to pull the plug on this at the end of the year, Austin, and just say, hey, listen, I thought I got it right. I didn't get the guy I thought I was getting, and we're going to make up for it right now. I don't care if it costs me $50 million. Like, I, they, I, don't not, I do not see, even in, in the positivity that I could dig deep down in, of this thing turning and being for the better, from free agents to other coaches that come into the, to the mess that's already been made, I mean, they are worse off than they were a year ago. They were 1-15, in 15, and this organization had been pretty bad. They have got to pull the plug on this. The right move is to get away from this as soon as possible. And I don't mean tomorrow. It's fine if you go another four weeks. See, but I, I don't mean think in January. So. I don't think so. Because if we're trying to justify the fact that the most important thing right now is Trevor Lawrence's development, how has that been lately? That's been awful. So then we're going to give another four or five weeks to see what happens? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm just, I'm fine if you want to do that. I don't think that's the reality of it because we haven't seen Shad Khan do that very often, right? Like he has oh, I really don't, listen, I don't care what Shad Khan has done, has not done. I'm saying if truly the most important thing right now on this team, like we all say, is Trevor Lawrence, is it working right now, Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer and this coaching staff in terms of his development? No. Then let's make a change. Yeah. Um, well, and here's the other part of it for me, Austin. I just feel like right now I'm not convinced they're going to make a change after the season. And so I would at least sign up for that. If I got to deal with it for four more weeks, I'll sign up with a change. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think if, you, if, it, if it ended yesterday, it would be probably better for the organization, better for Trevor, better for everybody in the building. But at the very least, I think it should end in January. I mean, I, I just don't see how you can salvage this thing. It is, um, it is really that bad. And, and we'll talk a little bit about the development. And it's, you know, the offensive coaches, uh, let's go to the reports, right? Uh, Marvin Jones, the, the offensive coaches uh, being berated. Uh, listen, I do think the offensive coaches being berated and whether losers and all that context is correct or not, and Urban denies it, the reports say yes, and Urban has no clue what's going on at every news conference, and I, I don't believe anything he says right now. Um, but at, at the very least, berating your offensive coaches, that doesn't surprise me. He at least admitted to that. He coaches those guys hard, and he, he'll say it how it is and blah, blah, blah. But that's been his M.O. for. But when you win, you can cover that up. You can deal with that stuff, right? It's okay. Like, I don't know if it's okay, but at least it's swept under. And people aren't going to complain because you're winning and success is happening. And this works. This style works. Well, when you're 2-11 and, and you look this bad, well, that's when people start talking. They're trying to separate themselves. There's no doubt coaches are leaking this out. I'm not convinced it's not Marvin Jones himself that hasn't leaked this out. Uh, and maybe even other things along the way. And I don't know that, but it could be. Or maybe it's his agent. Um, but the Marvin Jones thing, you know, it's got people shaking their heads, Austin. First of all, players and coaches sometimes do get into heated arguments and arguments about stuff. So I, I don't know how heated it was. Urban says it wasn't even so much to the today that he said, hey, bring Marvin up here. And he'll I don't know if Urban wants Marvin coming up there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't so, know if he wants him coming up there. So regarding of the stuff with Tom Palisaro that came out and like, 
I mean, I don't know Tom personally. I, I think he's pr a pretty credited, you know, source in terms of the things that he types. Like, I don't think this is an, an attack piece against Urban Meyer. I think there's some journalists out there that would love to have that and just kind of yeah. cause controversy and create a rift. I don't think Palisaro is one of those guys. Very I think, credible, Austin. Very credible. Yes. So uh, I think what I think what what he puts out there, you know, there is definitely some truth to it. So when you take into account the Marvin Jones stuff, where you want to say yes. Arguments happen all the time in a locker room. They happen at a practice field. They happen on the field. Yes, I understand that. But it got out, right? So the, the issue is is that it got out. Yeah. And then Urban Meyer sitting in meetings calling, you know, a supposedly assistant coaches, player coach, uh, player positions, you know, losers. Who knows? Arguments like that happen all the time, too. But the point is, is that it got out. My issue where the biggest red flag of all red flags went off and if I'm Shad Khan and I watched the press conference yesterday, I needed to make a quick decision. I needed to meet with Urban Meyer ASAP to discuss this. Was when Urban Meyer was getting asked about, you know, the supposed article, right? About these sources coming out and saying stuff about Urban Meyer. And he deflected a couple times and said, you can talk to Marvin Jones. We're fine. You know, um, as far as the coaches are concerned, I hold them to a high standard. I never call them losers. Yada, yada, yada. So he made it sound like it wasn't a big deal. And then somebody asked a question, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially about the offense. And he started to go down the road about Trevor Lawrence, how we have to get development and we have to get better results out of Trevor Lawrence. The next thing that he brought up after that is he went back to the article and said whoever released it was going to, you know, be unemployed. If they find the source, that person will be unemployed. So you went from it not being a big deal, supposedly, from going to Trevor Lawrence's development, which is the most important thing of the season, and then you go back to talking about the article that's not supposed to be a big deal. Whether it was high school, whether it was college, whether it was the pros, in every locker room that I was in, I, we always had the motto, accountability is absolute. Now, Urban Meyer wanted to use the motto, own it. It is what it is, but it's the exact same thing. You put on a team out there on your offense that has your fingerprint all over it, that was one of the worst performances in Jaguars history. And instead of justify it and say, hey, here's what we're going to do to get better. Here's what we need to do with our offensive line. Here's how we get Trevor better. You started going down that road, you backtracked, and then you went ahead and said, whoever the source is, is going to be dealt with. Like, like you're some kind of renegade now trying to get revenge. You can't do that. That's not how NFL locker rooms are set up. And if I was Shad Khan or if I'm Tony Khan, whoever's running the show right now who's in charge, if I heard that, I'm asking, wh why are we talking about this? Why can't we just get a, a clear, definitive answer of why this offense sucks? Wh why can't we get that? Because through that, whatever, 10, 15-minute press conference, I learned nothing about the offense. I learned nothing about what the plans are going forward, what the game plan even was, why James Robinson wasn't out there. I learned nothing. All I learned from that press conference is that you don't know Cisco's playing and you don't know the fact that who the source is, but they're going to be dealt with. That's an issue. That, that, that is a huge issue if you're trying to build culture and if you're trying to improve. Now, it's one thing if you're like Bill Belichick and you just give these one-word answers. But you're not like that, Urban Meyer, because we saw you in the preseason giving you these long, behind-the-scenes type of answers. Mm -hmm. So that's who you are. So you can't be one person one day and you know, a different person the next day. You got to stay true to who you are. You got to stay true with what we know from preseason. And now that guy is gone. And now you got some kind of vendetta trying to find the source that you're not even sure even exists.
So I'm not really sure what to say about this team in terms of the leadership and people being held accountable. But all I know is accountability is absolute. It starts at the top. And even the top guy right now in Urban Meyer isn't purveying that fact. Yeah, and how much did he study the NFL to know that when you have a staff that's, like, not that loyal to you to begin with, that there couldn't be some defectors at one time or another? I mean, how, how naive do you have to be? Listen, you could cover everything up at Florida about Percy Harvin, Aaron Hernandez, you name it, coach this, coach that, because, well, you don't let anybody in. And so people aren't going to talk as much. You might be able to do a good job of it there at Ohio State. Uh, but around here in the NFL, it's a big boy league, and everybody's really out for themselves if, because they're getting paid and they want to survive. And so uh, for this to come out, this won't be the end of it, by the way. We're just going to continue to see it. It's going to stay tuned to your phones. There's going to be daily reports, and uh, this is not going anywhere. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, really, I think. I mean, to be honest with you, if you just took, like, the, the incidents and separated, like, nothing else had happened in Jacksonville. And you just said, hey, Urban Meyer got after his coaches. We'd be like, well, damn straight he better get after his coaches. They suck, too. Like, they haven't done anything. The whole team's regressing. And it's on Urban, but it's also on those guys. Like, they're calling eight rush plays a game. Eight. New England Patriots called three pass plays in a game for their rookie quarterback. But it's not an isolated incident. If he has a, a run-in with a player, well, you know, over time that's happened before, whether you like it or not, should happen or shouldn't. But now you just add everything up, and this is nothing, man. This is nothing. This is going to continue. You don't think there's more in there? There's absolutely more in there, and there are going to be more people willing to talk. The crazy thing about it is there are just so many people rooting against Urban Meyer, and it's even in the building. There are people rooting against Urban Meyer. And think about how bad it has to be in Jacksonville to root against Urban Meyer, want him to lose so you can get him out of here and hope that it all gets combustible to fix it. How bad does it have to be? This organization, it's all they've done is lose. How miserable has it been over the last decade in terms of losing? And you're still rooting for losses to maybe get a quick exodus from this Urban Meyer experiment. Like, that is happening. That's a real thing on, in the entire building. I'm not going to say everybody, but in the entire building. I know it's happening. I've had a couple people this week, I said it on Countdown to Kickoff yesterday, I said it again yesterday post-game, that have told me they've never seen anything like this, Austin. You were around three different organizations, four different organizations. You were in buildings. Like, you know how the NFL works. You know the walls talk. I mean, you know there are things that happen. It's, it's like I said, I think there's a baseline of toxicity almost in any building. But... I had a couple people in the last week tell me they've never seen anything like this, Austin. And those are people that have been around the NFL for more than just a couple years. Like, they've never seen anything like this. How bad does it have to be in there from afar and in tight if people are saying those kind of things? No, I mean, it's, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. And we saw glimpses of it. The whole James Robinson was kind of the wick that lit the whole thing, and then it took off from there. But, yeah, it's – I mean, I, I really don't know what, what else to, to say that, you know, that, that I haven't read in an article or I haven't seen on Twitter in terms of memes. Like, it's, it's just – this is another example of where there's zero communication. Um, the, the chain of command is, is – is, I don't even know what the chain of command is anymore. Like – yeah, I, I truly think Urban Meyer benched James Robinson, but then you don't want to fess up to it. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how his position guys feel about Urban Meyer. I don't know any of that. All I know is that if I'm Shad Khan, and I understand that you were vested in this sign, this was supposed to be the one. 
like you you did your research um you know you you spent a lot of time energy and effort to make this happen and i get it you invested a lot of your resources and money um to get this guy here it's it, it, it may be as worse as it's ever been at least from what we're hearing on the outside now i refuse to believe at these press conferences what you hear where Urban Meyer says oh yeah we're all good you know like marvin jones i'll bring him up here no there's issues there's issues and there's disconnect and i don't know how you squash that i don't know if you're urban meyer how you go okay the first year yeah that, that wasn't me second year is going to be different like players don't forget okay like if, if players feel disrespected if players feel underappreciated you can try to throw more money at them you, you can try to you know have a an in-house meeting and apologize and and kumbaya and shake it out and all that good stuff but players do not forget okay they will always be in the back of a player's mind i promise you that and i don't know how bad it is but these reports are coming out and all i'm saying is where there's smoke there's fire and if we've only seen a, a sliver of what's happening i don't know how you can justify this much longer yeah, I, I don't either, and I think that's the thing. Like, this is not going – it's going – it's creating a worse – there's one thing to clear out. I actually suggested a couple weeks ago, uh, really for a couple weeks, that maybe year two, you know, you identify things you did wrong. You didn't You didn't adapt well or quick enough. Or, well, we're beyond that. Like, you're just making it harder. You're supposed to clean out the culture of this. Uh, last year I wrote an article about things that I think a guy like Urban Meyer might be able to fix. I was dead wrong. I uh, mean, listen – that's what Shad Khan needs to do. He needs to say I was wrong. And I'm telling, I'm telling you as early as I've ever told you, folks, I'm wrong. Like, I thought this would be better. I didn't think, like, Urban was this all-world guy. But when you have a guy that a lot of people are rooting against, he's a lightning rod, I didn't care as long as he could fix the building and maybe start winning games and progressing. There are no signs of that. So if you're going to be both lightning rod, few allies in the building and outside the building and not be able to coach football like it's like he coached a different sport the last 30 years is he paying attention is he watching and then the drama to add to it which is just piling on just making it worse like there's nothing to defend i told somebody the other day in in, in the uh, yesterday at the game actually but i said it for the last couple of days in, in nashville give me something to hold on to Give me something. Like, I'm positive guy in town. Give me something. What do you want me to go out here and say that is like, hey, don't worry, folks. Like, we got this. Logan and, Cook, baby. I mean, what is there? There is absolutely nothing that this football side of the organization has given us to at least say, well, there's little hope. It is hopeless. It's as hopeless as it's been. At least last year, we said, okay, coaching change coming, new blood, who knows who we'll get, and Trevor Lawrence. There was that. There, were, there was at least blind faith in that. Now you're ruining the kid. You're not even calling plays right for him. Your offense has just regressed. Every player has regressed, Trevor included right now. And you're putting this young man and all these other players, and again, some of the younger players through this, that is just like, whoa. I mean, holy cow, I didn't know this was the way the league worked. I'm glad I made it to the NFL, or maybe I'm not. And so the Jaguars are so in, so much in a deeper hole than they even thought they could be a year later. Uh, and to me, that is bothersome, and that should really bother Shad Khan. And we just have to admit, hey, if you thought this could work in Jacksonville, we're wrong. And Shad Khan has to admit the same thing. I thought I got it right. I didn't. 
the, the way to get it right is to admit that you're wrong. And he has to get in front of this, in my opinion, and, and pull the plug on this thing at some point, whether that's tomorrow or four weeks down the road. Again, I think his style says it would be in January if he does. And really, his style doesn't lend to him pulling the plug on this. But it's very dangerous if you're going to keep going uh, with Urban Meyer because there are no signs, no signs of turning it around at all. In fact, it's making it a lot worse uh, at the moment. Uh, so, uh, by the way, just to add on to it, I don't know if everybody's talking about this. Did you see the national anthem picture? Yeah. You guys caught that? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I actually, the, the national anthem kid yesterday was unbelievable. He was nine years old. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, the whole Tennessee Titans, I mean, it was the longest national anthem ever. But the kid was great. And and it, after he sang it, the whole Titans bench came out and, like, shook his hand, and they were all fired up. You know, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. It was a really cool scene uh, for the kid. He, he was very good. And so I took a couple of pictures of it, and then I saw that picture that was floating around, I think, by somebody in Nashville that put it out there. And so, and to me, this is hard to, like, uh, eloquently say, but it says a lot, man, about what's going on here. Because Urban Meyer doesn't always stand next to James Robinson and Marvin Jones. I watched Urban Meyer the entire pregame, hardly talked to a lot of people. He was isolated, walking around. There weren't a lot of interactions when he was out on the field. And... To see all those guys, if you can find the picture, and maybe I'll tweet one out a little bit later, although it's a little blurry the way I have it because I have to really zoom in. Everybody is interlocked for the national anthem. Like their arms are interlocked tight together, like shoulder to shoulder. And so this picture has Urban Meyer kind of holding the arms, not interlocked because it's like six feet of separation between him, Marvin Jones, and him and James Robinson. And so the charade of all of that for Urban Meyer is, I'm going to go next to the guys that have been a problem and been in the headlines this week. That's how in tune he is with it. That's how, like, planned out he is with the charade of, I'm going to go stand next to those guys. Well, guess what? Those guys didn't want to stand next to him, and it was pretty darn obvious. You see everybody shoulder to shoulder, and you see those guys separated and just barely touching. It said a lot to me. Um, and just another thing on top of their news conferences and everything else. And uh, I just think it's irreparable, man. I, I just don't know how you could turn this thing, how you could flip this thing. Are we being unfair? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. no. I mean, I'll, I, it, it's not – it's justified to ask what the plan is and how do you plan on getting better. And for the life of me, I can't remember the last time I heard Urban Meyer press conference go, well, we got to change this. We got to do this better. We got to focus on this. This is how Trevor Lawrence gets better. I, I, I honestly, I don't remember. I'm sure he has said it maybe recently, but I honestly can't remember it. Because all I hear is deflection. All I hear is revenge and all. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I I just, it's, it's the lack of accountability that, that does it for me. Like, that's, that's where I'm fed up with it. Because if you can't step up and say, I got to do a better job, I got to do this, I got to do this, instead of deflecting, then what do you expect your players to do? Like, how is this thing ever going to get corrected if the man that's supposed to lead the ship is not doing it himself? It's as simple as that. Like, that, it, it's impossible to, to lead a team, um, a group of men, if you don't live it, if you don't preach it, um, if you don't ingrain yourself with it. And they don't respect it. And they don't respect it. And all I've seen from Urban Meyer is deflecting, is 
changing the, the, the question and going on his own road. And I haven't seen any of how do you get better. That's all I want to know. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, the, the article thing, I would ask a million questions about that too, for sure. But is it really Ben James Robinson or not? Was it your call? How do you get Trevor Lawrence better? Like, what happened to the guy that I saw at Clemson that was standing like five yards away from Trevor Lawrence while he was doing his pro day? That, that, that's talking, that, that he seemed he was all in on Trevor Lawrence and trying to tailor this, th- this offense in his image. The guy that drafted Travis Etienne because he wanted more speed, and he said, hey, you know what? I know Travis Etienne, first on running back, probably not the, the smartest decision, but I got a plan here. Let's get this going. What, Travis Etienne gets hurt, and now all of a sudden you take your ball and go home? No. So I don't understand how you can be a coach in the NFL, you can be tied to the offense, and you just let this thing slide. And for another thing, too, and, and you know, well, like I said, I've watched this, the press conference a couple of times because sometimes I'm just super into, you know, the, 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 the whole psychology. I mean, yeah, I'll do the X's and O's all the time. But I like to watch the psychology sometimes of how guys answer questions and how it compares to weeks before and where we're at because it just kind of helps me generate kind of what's going on and what the future is going to be like. You have a member of the media who is essentially saying that your offensive linemen are getting their asses kicked. And you just took it. You didn't yeah. even stick up for your guys. If I was an offensive lineman, regardless if we got our asses kicked or not, if somebody in the media asked me that to my face, oh, I'm going ballistic. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm clapping back for sure. And, and I get how the media works, though. Like, I mean, I, I'd be respectful, but I'm clapping back for sure. You stood up there while someone is hammering your players. Saying they got their asses kicked, and you just take a big gulp and say, yeah, sure. If I'm an offensive lineman, you know I'm upset I am with that happened? Because I guarantee that's been getting talked about today. I guarantee that got talked about yesterday. There's no way. Like, there's, there's just no way that if I was in that locker room and that happens, that I can come along with somebody and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy into what you're selling. Not after that. No. Uh, and there are, there's evidence that Shad Khan is watching closely. Uh, but will he make a move? There's been no evidence of that and doesn't appear to be just yet. Let's take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, we always have open phone lines, 904-362-9901. Obviously, plenty of feedback on social media. You can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch each and every day. Listen on ESPN690.com, in your car, ask Alexa. Plenty of ways to get us uh, and also jump in the conversation, but you can also do it the old-fashioned way. Give us a call, 904-362-9901. We talk more about, well what everybody's talking about. Urban Meyer, when we come back, uh, let you know a little bit more about this past weekend in Nashville here on ESPN 690 on a Monday in December. I'm not hard on it. I'm honest with it. See, when people say that, that's like, I've done this a long time. Man, I'm very demanding and honest with coaches. You know, if we're struggling, let's get this thing fixed. Why? You know, I'm not a big blame player guy. When something's going on and I hear a coach or someone say, well, I told him to do it, that's not that's not the coaching tree I grew up in. What are we doing to put that position and that player in position to have success? So when you say hard, I'm very transparent, very honest with coaches and have high, extremely high expectations uh, with staff. And I've done that for as long as I've been a head coach. That is Urban Meyer, and I'll tell you one other thing that gets me about Urban on these press conferences, at news conferences, it, and I don't know if you agree with this, Austin, but, I mean, I know you haven't been, like, in the media, but you've watched enough, you know enough, 
and we all do from seeing this, big-time coaches, and I'm talking big-time coaches, personalities, Belichick, Saban, you name them, they don't sit here and answer those questions, especially mm -hmm. if they're not true. They don't give you, like, real, well, I don't know about real, but whatever answers. They are just like they give you nothing. They move on. We're not talking about it. Anybody else have any other questions? We haven't even seen that from Urban. Like, well, yeah. We haven't seen that. Like, big-time coaches don't answer. They might answer it once. They don't answer it three days in a row. And they don't give you the insight or perceived insight of, of even allowing you to write anything about that or say anything about that. So, you know, you brought up the whole national anthem thing where, you know, Meyer was standing next to Marvin Jones and James Robinson. That was a premeditated plan to say it's us versus them. Any coach does this in terms of if something bad comes out, um, if a media member says something bad about your team or you in general, then you got to purvey to your players that, hey, they're trying to tear us apart right now. Things aren't going good, and the outside world is trying to tear us apart, so it's us versus them. It happens all the time. I mean, I, Jack Del Rio did it. Uh, Joe Cullen did it. It seemed like on a weekly basis back when it was Paul Kaharski covering the AFC South. And anytime an article about Paul Kaharski came out, Joe Cullen would go absolutely ballistic and say, we can't be listening to... And he would never pronounce the guy's name right. Sometimes it's Paul, you know, Paul Kaharski or, or Paul Kaharski. Like, never announced it. Paul Kaharski is what, what the name was. But, you know, he'd be so fired up about it that he could never pronounce it right. But it was always the us versus them mentality. And sometimes you see that with football players in the locker room, too, where they don't give that good sound bite or they just want to talk to you in general, right? Like, that's what happens when players or a team feels attacked. It's us versus them. That's the approach I believe Urban Meyer is going to take now. The issue with that, though, is, well, you can't be us versus them on the field when it's like, hey, I'm sick with my guys right now, Marvin Jones and, and James Robinson standing next to me. Look what we're doing, you know. Put, put out the pictures out there because we're making a statement, but then you come in and you answer these questions and then you don't defend your players because then it's not us versus them. It's me listening to the media and not defending the players. That's not an us versus them mentality. So you can't have an us versus them on the field, but not then have an us versus them in a press conference. It doesn't work like that. And guess what? Players can see through that. That's a really good point right there, I think, what you just said, because that's what happens. Like, what is the quarterback? The quarterback yesterday, i got to go back and find this. I've been consumed by the urban stuff so much. But i got to go back and find Trevor Lawrence and what he uh, said yesterday. But he said, hey, listen, I'm a quarterback. I'm going to take the blame. i got to get better. Like, I felt like that was almost a message to urban, like, hey, you're the coach. Take the blame. Be accountable. And it might not have been. I might have re read too much into it, reading into it as much as we can these days. But the point being, that's what the quarterback does. He's like, I got my guy. LaVisca Chenault has messed up 55 times this year. I'm not throwing him under the bus. In fact, even when he didn't catch a ball that had two hands on it, he just said, hey, it just kind of went off two lives, hands, boom, and the guy made a nice play. Like, he didn't belabor the point. And so that's what the quarterback does. Meanwhile, the coach is constantly and he tried to not do it today and still did it throwing his offensive coaches under the bus and again i think there's a level of his offensive coaches should be thrown under the bus but most coaches wouldn't do it yeah. <laughs> that's the point mm -hmm. most people wouldn't do it so my, my I, what i read from this and it's funny you say it from a psychological standpoint i'm kind of looking at it that way too and we're talking about a guy who was a psychology major 
And I feel like he's just reaching, man. I feel like he's grasping. He's just hoping something works, something clicks, something. And 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 it's a weird world that he lives in right now. I think, but uh, he he's just gonna he just keeps digging his digging a hole, digging a hole so much that um, instead of getting out in front of it, it, all he had to do after the James Robinson benching was get out in front of it. Instead, it became a two-week story around town and in the national media too. Eventually, and now this. Uh, is just going to keep uh, piggybacking because he's showing no signs of getting out in front of him. Uh, I, I can tell you this, uh, you know, he he met with Shad Khan after the game. Well, listen, not, Shad Khan's always around the locker room after, but I think this was a little more of a lengthy uh, discussion for what I understand. Uh, we don't know the details of that. He was asked about meeting with Shad Khan this weekend, yesterday during his news conference, and really shed no light on it, uh, although he could have, uh, but he didn't. He was asked uh, by Mark Long about that. Uh, I believe several times now this year, Shad's been in like the Saturday night meeting, which has isn't that common over the years for Shad, from what I understand. Uh, I also think maybe Urban feeling, you know, that these he's losing the locker room a little bit, or he doesn't have everybody's attention, uh, might have led to more of a a longer speech, uh, from what I understand, from um, uh, Charlie Strong on Saturday night. Uh, before the game. Urban did uh, address the, the team, but Charlie Strong did as well. Uh, and I don't know how many coaches usually get up there and talk, Austin. I don't know what that Saturday night is kind of like for you guys, or mm -hmm. was at least back in the day. And I'm sure every coach kind of does it a little bit different. But uh, I think that was noted uh, as well and, and acknowledged that uh, Strong uh, delivered most of the message. So uh, what we're seeing is a coach that I'm not sure we have many coaches that have a bigger ego over the years than Urban Meyer. And right now, he's got nothing. Mm. He's got no ego. Well, he probably still has it. But he's got no swag. He's got no bravado. And how the body language of that, if I'm seeing it every day, how that doesn't filter down through your locker room, well, that's probably the reason they're 2-11 uh, on top of everything else. And they're not that good to begin with. But this poor play, like, where is your energy coming from? You know who's playing pretty well? That defensive side of the ball. Where do well, you, you get know that why? energy because coming from? Because it's Joe Cullen. That's it. That's what, exactly what I'm saying. That defense is a direct identity of what Joe Cullen brings to the table. Now, are they the most talented defense, like, in terms of personnel? Absolutely not. Right? I mean, anybody would say that. Do they have injuries sometimes? You better believe it. Any NFL team has injuries. But at least they're trying to keep this team in the game. Like, a a at least there's there's bits and pieces of progress here or there. There's some shining lights in terms of players that are like, okay, I can see this guy going forward. He's going to be, you know, helpful to this defense. There is that because that's who Joe Cullen is. Like, come hell or high water, his identity and his influence, I don't care who you have out there. It could be a bunch of random people off the street that he brings in to play defense. They will display his personality of what he brings to the table or they will not be out there. And they are. And they're doing okay. I mean... The Titans' offense nothing to write home about. But overall, the defense was the reason why they lost the game yesterday. Yeah, uh, it wasn't. Their defense actually played okay. I mean, it kept a minute. And by the way, it was 10 nothing at one time. And uh, I'm going to have to leave early today, and, and you're going to take over the show, and there's plenty to talk about. And again, 904-362-9901 if you want to jump in. Uh, but, you know, one thing I, I just don't want to miss in all of this is, yes, Trevor Lawrence is not playing well. But the lack of development and the evidence of the lack of development is really astonishing. 
you know, what they're doing to this kid. And by the way, I do fault Bevel for some of that and Schottenheimer and obviously Meyer. They have to be all accountable for this. But to run the football eight times yesterday in what was a 10 to nothing game, Austin, for about 40 game minutes. And to run it eight times, that's a crime. I understand their offensive line was terrible, which is probably even more of a crime. Why to run it just eight times? And this isn't even a James Robinson, you know, uh, defense speech here for me. This is, will you protect your quarterback a little bit? He's getting hit left and right. Ben Barch is getting manhandled by Jeffrey Simmons. And you continue to put him out there and not run the ball. First and five, they complete a play. First and ten, complete a play for five yards. Second and five, fantastic running down, especially with the defense that's been on the field a lot. Run the ball. Run the ball. Instead, they do something that gets a penalty, whatever it might be. In obvious run situations, they're still not running the football. We're begging them at times to run the football with James Robinson. Instead, they made Trevor Lawrence a sitting duck. And by the way, I thought for the first, like, 35 minutes of that game, I thought Trevor was really throwing it well. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked pretty good. And then he obviously hit the tank, and bam, everything started to go bad. And there's no denying that. But at least try to set this young man up better. And I'll give you one other situation, and that's the end of the game. The Jags are still calling timeouts at the end of the game. The game was over. Run the football and go home. In the last two minutes, they actually he got hit like two more times. Like, what are you doing to help this kid out? And can you at least have his back a little bit when things are really bad? Just go home. Get on the flight and leave. Don't put this guy at risk anymore. He's already dealing with enough that you've kind of created. So it's, a, it's amongst everything else. The hidden story right now is the mismanagement of their rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and, and, and this offense, but really Trevor Lawrence, that even when they stink on offense, and that's fine to say they are, they are who they are, and they do stink on offense, that they still can't even take care of this young man uh, right now and put him in better situations. So much so that I just think at the end of that game, really for the last quarter, Austin, I don't know if you look at it this way, I think it was just like, oh, what the hell, let's just let this thing go. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens, you know, but yeah. sooner or later you break. You know? No, for sure. And you can say Trevor Lawrence broke a little bit. I mean, obviously, some of those interceptions, they were horrible decisions, right? I mean, a anybody's going to say that. Um, Dan Orlowski's in shambles because he can't find one play that Trevor Lawrence actually, you know, you can talk about. And uh, I'm sorry about that, Dan Orlowski. You know, maybe next week uh, when the Houston Texans come to town. But, yeah, I think right now, I mean, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence from Trevor Lawrence per se, but it's just, it's... You have a situation now in a guy who just can't elevate the offense. You know, you, you just can't do it. Now, yes, guys still got to catch balls, and you can't, you know, have balls become deflected and then become intercepted. Like, that hurt. That doesn't help anything. You can't have penalties when you have, you know, long-sustaining drives. That doesn't help anything. Trevor Lawrence might be the future. He might be the savior. He might be all the things that we anointed him um, as soon as we knew the Jaguars had the number one draft pick uh, going forward. But right now, this is a guy who just can't elevate the guys around him. And that's a stone-cold truth. And until there's inspiration in terms of better scheming, in terms of play calling, until the guys around him can do a better job of elevating Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be more of the same. And then I'll, I'm going to be sitting here saying, man, 
I hope this is the guy going forward, because how could you not right now? Yeah, I mean, listen, he's not giving you evidence. There are a couple plays you could have made, but at the same time, you're right. There's just no confidence level even from him, and he's a confident dude, and he handles everything seemingly well in front of a microphone. But inside, he's got to be like, what in the world is going on here? Like, this... This is adversity that he's never dealt with, of course, but even in the position that he's being put in, it's really bad right now. Hey, Stephen, hang on the line, uh, and you're welcome to call in to 904-362-9901. Austin will take it from here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on right after this. Yeah, I don't know. Once again, most of this is fairly new to me. Uh, am I worried about losing a locker room? I always am worried about losing the locker room when you're two and whatever we are. Uh, but then I see what I saw, and I see the guys play as hard as they possibly can. I challenge our coaches, I challenge our players, and I challenge myself. You see you guys play as hard as they can, and then when a media member asks them why they're getting their asses kicked so much, you don't say anything. Action Sports, Jackson, ESPN 690, Austin Lane. Brett Martineau out right now, might be back on later. I think we got Steven on the line right now. Steven, tell me something good, man. How we doing? Doing all right. How about yourself, man? You know, just trying not to go down the, the pit of misery and despair, but it's it's getting harder. Oh, yeah. Hope's already lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if it, uh, you guys happen to see this, but I saw uh, posted there by... Uh, Tony uh, Pauline, I believe it was, uh, NFL analyst. Sure. Saying sources on the inside might happen sooner than later, given if we have another, oh, man, that was a horrible loss, uh, but another horrible loss to the Houston uh, Texans this weekend, it might be sooner or later if there's yeah. another poor, poor performance. Yeah. That Irving might be gone, which I'm all for right now. Yeah. Steven, thanks for the call, man. Yeah, I mean – you have a, a two and eleven Houston Texans team coming to your house, and you're two and eleven yourself. Um, first of all, and I, and I know, like you know, we're part of like the affiliate of CBS, but this game should be probably flexed to True TV or Spike TV if that's still a thing. Spike TV still a thing? Maybe. Go and flex it. Maybe Nickelodeon. Yeah, <laughs> get the kids involved. They like it, go. man. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, do I buy stake into those rumors? I think nothing's off the table at this point. I think if you go out there and you can't score any points against the Houston Texans, I think if you go out there and you lay an egg against the Houston Texans, then how can you not justify at least having those conversations? I mean, what what is, what is the tipping point going to be? Because in case you didn't know this, Houston Texans, not a good team. I understand the Jaguars aren't a good team either, but I still think in terms of a roster, the Jaguars are definitely superior. Um, you know, coaching can obviously, you can go back and forth with that one. But this is a game that I think you're, you know, Vegas has, I think, plus three, plus three and a half right now. What it comes down to is just protecting your home field, giving your fans something to cheer about. And if that's not the case, and when the smoke clear and the dust settles and you're walking off that field and fans are booing um, and they're witnessing another Jaguars loss, then how can that conversation not come into play? I think we have one more call here. I think we got Christian uh, calling, if I'm not mistaken, before we go to break. Christian, what do you got, man? Real quick for us, please. Hey, yo, what's happening? What's up, man? Hey, uh, quick question. Yeah, do you think it's possible, I think it's a theory, that it's possible that Urban and Shad had an agreement before he got hired that 
I'd say if he wanted to step down year two, year three, that like they would kind of fire him but let him step down. Do you think that's a possibility that they have that conversation, or do you think he get fired or he would step down? What do you What do you think? I think it's going to be hard for somebody to step down because if you step down, that means you're not getting the money. Right, And I think the biggest question right now, if you're Shad Khan and you want this guy out of here, is how can you get him out without having to sacrifice a lot of money? But that's an interesting question, question by Christian. We'll dive into that more after the break. Chris, let's go to break real quick. 904-362-9901 or star star 690. You want to be part of the conversation? I'm taking all calls today, man. All right? Misery loves company. I need y'all. Okay, because it's... The streets is rough right now because I don't have True TV. I don't have Spike TV. And if this game gets flexed to one of those, I do have Nickelodeon. So, hey, NFL, if you're going to flex this Texans-Jaguars game, Nickelodeon, please, slime cannons on tap. We're going to lose to the giraffe, aren't we? We're going to what? Lose to the giraffe. Davis Mills, the neck. Remember the oh, neck? Oh, the giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know what? We'll discuss that later on in the week. I don't want to go there right now because I can't even fathom that, Casey. Thank you very much. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.